message today is about, partly about people moving around so it works, it fits. Why don't we uh, have another word of prayer here and we can uh, continue with our service. Father in heaven, thank you so much for your amazing ability and we ask that you would do what you do so well again today and you would communicate with each one of us. It's a miracle that you reached me, and it's a miracle that you can use my words and my mind, and I pray that you would do so. It wouldn't be my thoughts or my words, but it would be yours. And I pray for everyone that is sitting here today and those who are watching on television, either live or streaming later, that you would continue to do your miracle, Lord, that you do so well, and you would communicate with them. And that when they hear the words and the scriptures and the thoughts, that they wouldn't see it or hear it as coming from me, but they would hear you. And that they would hear you and respond appropriately and draw closer to you. Not to save ourselves, but as a, a result, an appreciation, a response, because we love you. And you are so good at saving us and delivering us. So I pray that you would Take those steps once again this morning, and I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'll turn with me in your Bibles this morning to Hebrews chapter 8, verse, or excuse me, Hebrews 11, verse 8, Hebrews 11, verse 8, <clears throat> in your Bible or your smartphone, Hebrews 11, 8, we'll continue our little mini-series here on Abraham and Sarah, Hebrews 11, 8 near the back of your Bible, behind all the T's, Timothy and Titus and Thessalonians. and Hebrews 11, 8. The author writes, By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed. By going out to a place which was to receive, he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. The uh, minister and theologian years ago, Oswald Chambers, wrote um, probably his most famous daily devotional and, and did a devotional on that. It was uh, a good devotional talking about the importance of, of uh, following God even though you don't know where he's taking you. And that's what he did with Abraham and Sarah. He's like, hey, got a great plan. You're going to love it. I want you to go that direction. And uh, our lives are an evidence that, that we do those type of things all the time. Several hundred years ago, <coughs> there were some Europeans. Several hundred years ago, <coughs> there was a bunch of Europeans, and uh, they thought, <coughs> they believed, they had faith, in their mind, it was their perception, they believed God was telling these Europeans that they needed to go to this new land so they could have their own faith that could grow and they could share if there's any natives there uh, without any persecution, any trouble, and they'd go to this newfound land. It was only 3,471 miles from London to this new great land. Only 3,471 miles across the Atlantic. It wasn't a nice, you know, airplane ride. It wasn't the nice cruise liner ships that they have these days. 
People died and bad things happened. But there was a group that said, yes, we believe God is calling us to leave Europe and to go to this new land. And so they did. They went through all those challenges, all those hurdles, and they got over to this new land. In the first year, I mean, they built some houses. They, 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 they uh, had some, you know, created some farmland, cut down some trees. I mean, it was, they built a church. It was a successful first year. Second year, they started to mingle with the natives, and they elected a town council. They're thinking, man, we're, we're getting somewhere. Third year, the, the town council said, hey, we got a really bold plan coming up next year. We know that you've traveled 3,471 miles to go from Europe to this new country. We just, we, we just want to be realistic and take small pieces. The next year, we're, we're envisioning a plan where we'll just, we're going to build a road. Uh, back then, it would have been dirt, but still, we're going to build a road five miles west into the wilderness. <clears throat> We're just going to start in, in, in incremental steps. We're going to take five miles into the wilderness and go west five miles into this great new country. Well, the next year, the people were nervous and they wanted to get them out of office. Something had happened in those couple of years even though they had traveled 3,471 miles, they'd built some houses, started farming, and they built the church, and something happened that they'd lost their focus, they'd lost their direction. Something had happened where they didn't even want to go another five miles. Well, fortunately for us, the ancestors didn't completely quit because they kept expanding this wonderful gate country and more people moved here and more people kept going out into the wilderness. And, but initially, they were nervous. Israel was the same way initially. When God was speaking to Abraham and Sarah, <clears throat> he was speaking with Abraham and Sarah and he said, hey, I got a great plan for you. Leave your home country, leave mom and dad and aunts and uncle, leave it all, leave your comfort zone. We know how we love leaving our comfort zones. Leave everything you're comfortable with, everything you know, your income, your everything, just leave it. You, 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 you know, you were familiar with Iraq, leave it, go all the way over to Canaan to a land you have no idea where I'm gonna take you, what's there, what to do. It was one, approximately 1,200 miles through a desert. No comforts like today. 1,200 miles approximately through a desert. It'd be like leaving Dallas, Texas, and walking on foot in a desert all the way up to Detroit, Michigan, and not really knowing where you're going. <clears throat> and that's what God asked of Abraham and Sarah. You can read with me in Genesis 12, <clears throat> Genesis 12, the first five verses. This is where it's laid out in the scriptures for them. Genesis 12, 1 through 5. Genesis 12, 1 through 5. Moses writes, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I'll show you. 
I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I'll make your name great. So you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. So Abram went forth as the Lord spoke to him. And Lot went with him. Now Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his nephew, and all their possessions which, he had accumulated, which they had accumulated, the people which they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan. Thus they came to the land of Canaan. Most of us, if we're at least college, well, well pretty much most of us, have moved in our life. We know what it's like to move. <clears throat> and one thing it's like when you move is people take, as it says here in Genesis at 12, when people move, they take, they take everything with them, right? <clears throat> they take everything. That's what Abraham and Sarah did. They took everything. All their, they took each other. They took their servants. They took their tents. They took what they would have considered monetary, you know, what we'd consider money. They took places to live. They, they, they took their food. They, they took even their nephew Lot. They took everything. And when we move, we take everything too. We put it in boxes, and either we move it, we get a rider, a U-Haul, or we pay somebody else, and they move it, and we basically take everything. And when you take everything, that typically means everything. And when you take everything, that's, that's kind of unique, because when Abraham and Sarah journeyed, they took everything, and that, we'll unpack that, what that means. And we normally take a lot of good stuff, because we have good stuff, and God's blessed us. But when we move, we also bump into stuff that's like, hey, hon, haven't we had this since like when we first met? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's in them? I don't even know what's in it. Oh, but we, what, what do we say? We need that. We have boxes under the bed. We have them in the attic. We have them in the closet. We got them in the garage. We got to build more storage for some of our boxes. And for some of us, I won't step on toes on this, but for some of us, we go the extra mile and we pay money to get a storage. You're, some of you are laughing because you do this maybe. Some of us pay good money and we even go the extra mile and we, we rent those places, those storage container places. And, and we have storage containers somewhat of, of our stuff. We'll need that someday. Hon, we haven't used it in like 18 years, but we will need that someday. And it's almost like those things in those boxes just mock at us as they sit there and think, you're not using me. <laughs> what well, was the same with Abraham and Sarah? When they went, they brought all their stuff, the stuff they actually used, the stuff they wanted to keep, but, you know, they didn't use. But now to kind of turn a corner to where we're actually going, what, I'm, what my point is, as, as, as you can see in this little silly little slide that I have here, <clears throat> when, we, when we go through life, when the, I'm t supposedly I'm told that uh, science people and history people say that in America we never used to have rats. But when people came here from, from over in Europe, they got on the boat. And so... Um, it, there were certain weeds that we never used to have here, but they, you know, they got, and I'm not putting down Europeans, I'm just saying, you know, things move around this, this world. <coughs> and, um, and so when they came over here, the Europeans brought stuff with them too. Not just the good stuff, they also brought some bad stuff. 
or Abraham and Sarah. They didn't just bring their tents. They didn't just try and help out Lot. They didn't just bring their love for Jesus and their faith for God. They also brought some baggage, just like us. When we move, we can bring baggage too. And Abraham and Sarah, yes, they brought a lot of good stuff, like their faith in God, but Abraham and Sarah also brought baggage. Because when we move, everything doesn't fit into a suitcase. Some things like Abraham and Sarah and like us, some things are tucked neatly right in here. And Abraham and Sarah, they brought fear. You know, Abraham, as we read the scriptures, Abraham was afraid people would kill him. Abraham was afraid people would steal his wife. Abraham was afraid he'd never have kids. And those are things that Abraham carried in his mental and emotional baggage. He didn't have it in a suitcase. You couldn't see it. But God could see it, and it was there. And this was something that challenged Abraham and Sarah, which is why, not good, but which is why when he was in this new country, he kept saying about his wife, man, she's amazing. She's my sister. Because some of the baggage he was carrying was that he was afraid they were going to kill him to steal his wife. They carried baggage. As they carried that baggage, God was with them every day. They'd carry the, uh, in my mind, that mental picture. They carried their baggage in one hand, and in the other hand, they held God's hand by faith. And fortunately, they held on to God because as we continue to hold on to God, we give Him by faith, we give Him the permission at the rate and at the pace that we're comfortable. By faith, we'll give God the permission to get into our baggage and get rid of the stuff we don't need and replace it with stuff we do. And that's what Abraham and Sarah did. Jesus put it this way when he walked on the earth. Uh, if you turn with me in your Bible to Matthew 11, Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Jesus put it this way when he walked on the earth. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Years ago, I met this woman. We had a mutual friend, and this uh, mutual friend said, Hey, I've got this person I know and she's, she's really struggling. She's carrying a lot of baggage. And, and she could use, you know, some help being encouraged in Jesus. <clears throat> Would you meet her? And I said, of course, I'd be happy to do that. It's, I, I always like to encourage people. And so I'm happy to do that. So we all met at this person's house. And um, we spent, oh, must have been over six hours together. <laughs> and this... This young woman, she was raised in church. She was highly educated. And um, she was telling me the story that a number of years ago, she was still young, so it wasn't that long ago for her, but I think it was about two, three years before I met her. And she was telling this story about how um, she, how can I put it? 
One evening, she was at a party drinking alcohol for the first time. And then she decided to go into a bedroom with someone and, and for the first time. And then as time had passed, she was feeling really guilty and depressed because she was a Christian and, 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 and she's aware of the scriptures and so she was feeling quite stressed. And so her, 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 her mental and emotional baggage was getting really heavy. And while she was going through those very real life things, and I don't share it in any way to condemn her because we all have suitcases that we don't want anybody to look in. Um, and so as she was going through life, just carrying this heavy load, <laughs> she didn't even go but a couple months. And as she was still really stressed out and depressed from those decisions she made, uh, she found out she was pregnant, and then she made another life-changing decision. Two, three years later, I'm sitting in this house of our mutual friend, and she's sharing her life story with me. And um, she keeps sharing stories about how um, there's no hope for her. And so I kept sharing scriptures with her that there's always hope with Jesus if you're alive. <clears throat> this morning, I won't share all the verses I shared with her, but this morning is a verse I'll share with you. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Hebrews 12, 1 to 3. <clears throat> the author writes, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance, everything of sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run the race with endurance that is set before us. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and sat down at the right hand, the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Her baggage had become so heavy. If you think of the mental picture, her baggage had become so heavy that she couldn't carry it. And so you know what she did as a smart, capable, <clears throat> I mean, she was really well-educated even as a young person. When she graduated college, she became the, quickly became the assistant of a large company, uh, assistant manager. I mean, just a talented, smart, educated woman was raised in church. And, but she didn't know herself very well. Like we were talking about Mike, like we were talking about in Felipe's Sabbath school class, looking at the, the Israelites, they didn't know themselves very well as they were going through the wilderness. They didn't know themselves very well. They thought they were like this because they were the remnant and they had the Sabbath and the Ten Commandments. They were, they were the Jewish people and they, 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 their, their perception of themselves was way up here so high I couldn't reach it. And God kept appropriately letting stuff come into their life like mirrors. So the, it wasn't a surprise to God. These, everything they kept encountering was like a spiritual mirror so they were forced to see themselves as they really were. Not their elevated perception, but where they're really at. 
with themselves and their relationship with Jesus. And it wasn't up here. That original group didn't make it out of the wilderness because their real faith was actually down here that the camera can't see it and most of you can't either because their faith was really low. Things would happen and like that, as Exodus 14 says, they were praying. Yeah, yeah, that's good, that's good. Read their prayer. It was a prayer of unbelief. Lord, you let us out here to kill us all. Well, that's a nice thing to tell God. I think we're all going to die. And their faith wasn't very good, but they thought it was. And this educated, smart young lady went to church her whole life, was raised in the church. Her perception of herself was way up here, but that wasn't reality. And so when she made some of these mistakes and she, as she stumbled, and Solomon stumbled, and David stumbled, and Abraham, and, and we've stumbled. Human beings stumble. So I'm not putting her down. But she was, because she didn't know herself very well, she was, she was so shocked that she was capable of real stumbling. That when it happened, it startled her so much, and her baggage got so heavy she took her hand off Jesus and she said, man, I, I me, myself, and I, re, man, this is heavy. This is serious. I really need to put everything I have into it. So she let go of Jesus' hand so she could carry her suitcase. You, you know, back in the day, they didn't have all the cool rollers, so they couldn't have just rolled it. It was one of those old type of suitcase. And so it took both of her hands to carry her suitcase. And it still wasn't enough. But, oh, did she try. And I was with her there for hour after hour after hour as she kept reminding those of us who were in the house, and it was just a few of us, she kept reminding us how bad she was. And I kept reminding her how good God was. And her focus was squarely on me, myself, and I and her behavior. And I just kept trying to gingerly and lovingly turn her to look at the cross and look at Jesus and his behavior. But she said, no, no, no. But let me tell you about me, myself, and I, and my thoughts, my feelings, my actions. I said, no, in Corinthians, God is quite clear. When we're, we're Christians, we accept Jesus. The God, through the Holy Spirit, gives us the mind of Christ. His thoughts, his feelings, his actions, his motives. Hebrews is quite clear that the blood of Jesus washes our conscience clean more than soap, more than hospitals, more than fire. But we have to look at Jesus and actually believe him. <laughs> and the way the human, God created the human mind, <laughs> humans, pay, you know, I mean, our peripheral vision is, you know, kind of like here, everyone's is a little different. But I can't look and focus here while I look and focus there. And it's a constant reminder. God wants us to look and focus at Him and not our baggage. Because with her, it was real stuff, and I'm not putting her down, but it was so heavy. It took everything she had. She had such a life-size challenge. It was so serious that only God 
could help and only God could fix it. The challenge was she had made the, she had made the fatal error that it was so heavy she let go of God's hand and she put it eh, because she's serious and she's committed and she's smart and she's, she's moral and she's ethical and those people don't do those things. And so she was trying to help. And her perception of trying to help is, I'm going to have to let go of God. Just for, a mo- just for a moment, mom and dads know what that's like. You say if you're at the Texas fair, there's thousands of people before COVID, you know, like everybody's at the Texas fair. And, it, you know, it's okay for the little kid to let go of mommy's hand just for a little bit. That never goes well. Well, she tried that because she's smart, she's committed, she's hardworking, and she thought, I'm just going to let go of God's hand for a little bit because this baggage takes everything I have instead of what she should have done is kept hanging on to God with everything she had. She did the opposite. She quit going to church. She quit praying. I still remember the words she said as she, it was after midnight, I still remember the words she said as she was walking out of the house. She said, uh, she said, I think I'm lost and I can't be forgiven. Born and raised in church, paid tithes, educated, smart, capable. She said, I think I'm lost and I can't be forgiven because she was so focused and consumed by the baggage she was carrying. And I don't share that to condemn her. (laughs) I hope and pray she's still alive. I've never met her since. I pray that she's still alive and that she's changed her mind and that she's chosen to at least put one hand back in Jesus' hand. I hope so for her sake. Abraham and Sarah, they were not perfect. They were not perfect at all, and we only know a little bit of their story. They weren't perfect. They were real people with real problems. Abraham and Sarah were carrying stuff they should never have carried. They were afraid. That's why he kept saying, well, that's my sister, because they, they he was afraid they'd kill him and steal his wife. That's a lot of fear. So he lied. Ten commandments say don't lie. He's like, yeah, but I'm carrying that baggage, but I'm also holding on to God's hand. And Sarah, I mean, no one should have this idea, but it was Sarah's idea. Today we think, well, it's a guy and he's sloppy. And not. It was Sarah's idea. She got this really bad idea to be like everybody she lived around. Like sometimes we're tempted to, well, the neighbors, everybody's doing it and she had a weak moment where she thought, hey, we need to help God, help our family so we can have a kid. She, Sarah thought by encouraging her husband to go on a honeymoon with somebody else, it was going to help him and her and God. That's some baggage. More than once, Abraham and Sarah, both when God told them something, they laughed. I mean, here's the tent. Here's Sarah. There's God. God speaking, and Sarah's on the other side, and she laughs in her, in her own mind. It's like, 
That's baggage. But you know what? To Abraham and Sarah's credit, (coughs) as they were real human beings carrying real baggage, they made a choice because God gives every human being a choice. They made a choice to make sure they continue to hang on to God by faith. Did they have baggage? They did, and we only know part of it. Praise God, everybody doesn't know all of our baggage. Amen? But they, according to the Bible, Genesis, Romans, Hebrews, and other places too, it's very clear, they believed God. I'll read it again because it's hard to sometimes remember that because of the, the unique lifestyle they had. Hebrews 11, 8 through 11. By faith, Abraham, by faith, by faith, Abraham, when he was called, he obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. He had no clue where he was going, but he obeyed. By faith, he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was looking for a city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah herself received ability to conceive even beyond the proper time of life, since she also considered him faithful who had promised. One of the many places it says where Abraham and Sarah both had faith and believed. Yes, they were carrying some stuff. They were carrying some baggage. But I love, I love that the Bible puts them in there as human beings that believed. God could have said, hey, this, this book here, this book's going to be for special people. Man, they're going to be just holy. Everybody just gets translated to heaven. They're all like Superman. And it's like, man, it's so amazing, but I can't jump over tall buildings. So that's kind of cool, but I can't do that. God put in the Bible, most all of those people are slow, messy, stubborn, they're carrying baggage. I mean, how many hundreds of wives did Solomon have? I mean, these people were people. God didn't write a book full of awesome, amazing people and say, well, well I'm sorry because, you know, some of us might not be them. God's like, no, 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 no. They're a lot like us. Be encouraged. Because there was hope for them. As long as when you go through life carrying your luggage, as you go through life carrying that backpack, we all have it, like it or not, because we're human. Thanks, mom and dad and grandparents and grandparents all the way back to Adam and Eve. We just, hereditary, we got it, like it or not. So as we're carrying that baggage, the encouraging thing I love about Adam, or Adam and Eve, but especially here in our context, Abraham and Sarah, <laughs> is that the Bible is so clear that they were people that believed. Because as we believe and continue to hang on to God by faith, and that we have some baggage, but you continue to hang on to God by faith, hanging on to God by faith gives God the permission to, in time, in the way that He knows best, to unpack our baggage. No, no, you don't need the dirty socks. We're going to get you something else. You don't need the stress. You don't need the guilt. You don't need the shame. You don't need the depression. And he just 
takes this stuff away, this negative, bad baggage, and he replaces it with stuff that's helpful. But it only works. It only works if we continue to hang on to God by faith. And that's what Abraham and Sarah did. Romans 4 says, Paul writes that God has their story in the Bible to encourage us and give us hope. That even though they were imperfect in some of the stuff they did, we're just like, what were you doing? But they believed God. They had faith in God and they were growing. And God helped them. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 5. The Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country, from your relatives, from your father's house to the land which I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, so you shall be a blessing. I will bless you and bless those who bless you. The one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. So Abraham or Abram went forth as the Lord spoke to him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Abraham took Sarai, his wife, Lot, his nephew, and all, all their possessions, everything. He brought it all, the good and the bad, and he took all their stuff. Everything that had accumulated for 75 years of living in this painful, broken, challenging world, and he brought it all. When he was mistreated as a kid, when he was bullied, and that job didn't go right, it didn't have any kids in his 20s or 30s or 40s, and back then kids were everything. If you didn't have kids, there was something wrong between you and God. And that was God's evidence that he's unpleased with you. What a burden to carry. Untrue. Some people carry that stigma around today that are not able to have children sometimes. It's not true. It's not in the Bible. But that's what their culture thought. You can't have kids. God doesn't like something with you. They had a lot of baggage because they were human. In Genesis 12, 5 makes it quite clear that they brought it all. But they also brought the fact that they liked God. And you know what God said? I can work with this. <laughs> if they just like me, if they want to be around me, God can rub off on them. And Abraham was so human, I must be related to him because he was slow and stubborn and messy. It took Abraham a hundred years. But praise God, he is more stubborn than people. So in the end, she's 90, he's 100. God says, well, good thing he lives for eternity because he outlived them and he outstubborned them. And even though they had some baggage, because they were willing to follow by faith, God rubbed off on them, and it worked. I, I, I don't know what baggage you carry, but God does. 
I don't know all the people that you know and the baggage that they carry. But I do know a few things about the Bible that, that you do too. That Jesus will help us with our baggage. Lots of Bible verses. You probably have them memorized as good adventurers, pathfinder, former adventurers and pathfinders, and you've memorized some of those verses. The ones in Hebrews where he says his blood can't cleanses our conscience. First John 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to cleanse us from all of our... We know these verses. As this, and I, I hate to say it because I don't like to suffer, as this world continues to fall apart from a lot of different stuff, the Bible calls sin, it's only going to get worse. That means we need to be some of those rare people that don't spend so much time, money, and effort focusing on our baggage. And we have more time and effort and energy hanging on to Jesus. And in kind, appropriate ways that other people appreciate, when you see other people carrying heavy baggage, that doesn't mean we point at them, we, we bully them, we pick on them, we, oh, I don't, what's going on? We don't, that's such a waste of time. We don't condemn them. But when we see other normal human beings just like us who are, who are too weighed down by heavy baggage, if we are in the practice of, of daily learning to let Jesus deal with that baggage, when we see that in other people, we can lovingly, kindly, appropriately, discreetly help other people do the right thing with their baggage. As in trusting Jesus that he can help. So I hope and pray that you're those people that you'll be doing that. Continue to hang on to God by faith. And when it's appropriate, you'll help other people to have that same wonderful, free privilege. As the singers come forward at this time, we can sing this song and continue to think and re be reminded of God's generosity. God's grace, God's goodness. He's not wanting us to get into mischief. He didn't want Abraham and Sarah to, to get into that mischief. And he doesn't want us to be into that mischief. But he knows as normal.